Hey, welcome into another week edition of Unlocked with Fox's Brock Hewitt. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. It is on Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. It's brought to you by MyBookie. They're giving 110% back. You put in $100, you get $110. Use that code next round and uh, get that deposit match on your bonus. First deposit, mybookie.ag. How was it in Salt Lake? It was fun. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the, the nighttime Rice Eccles and even the UCLA coaches, Tim Drevno, I've known a long time, the O-line coach, Chip. They said, you know, Chip was pretty honest that when the schedule came out, they went, Whew, I like that. I like a I like a 130 kick a whole lot better than a seven o'clock kick because you give those folks all day to get ready. And that is that is a mad, mad, madhouse. Uh, it was still rocking, and they are still great fans. I'll stand by what I said to you last week as far as venues go west of the Rocky Mountains. Right now, it's it's harder to find a more hostile, difficult place to play, and it was a little baptism by fire for the young quarterback. Dante Moore, first play of the Dude. game, just run as simple a concept as you can. He doesn't see it. It's flying by him. And it's a pick six the other way. So uh, it was it was a great it was a great scene. Always love uh, making the trip to Salt Lake. That that you that Utah defense is I mean they Salty. are good yeah really Salty. and then you look offensively we were waiting to see if Cam Rising was going to play it looked like it was going to be a 50-50 game time decision which it was he came out in street clothes you were there yeah. um, defense is great Nate Johnson has got a skill set. He just doesn't have the experience right now. And not a lot of ball security, fumbled three times, lost two of those. I don't know if they can go into Corvallis without Cam Rising and win this game. Yeah, he's got to play a lot better. And I'll just clarify one thing there for you, bud. He, he actually warmed up. He came out uh, before the before like early, early warmups and the knee brace. And then he came out for warmups uh, without the brace, but full uniform and was taking reps and and not really well. Yeah, he was still taking reps with the with with the ones too, and and making it look. It was a it was a good performance. Did you <laughs> to think make it he was going like. to play? Um, I I had reservations. You know, I was yeah. pretty sure he wasn't, but there was still some 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 hope and some thought that he may. And then when he watched him warm up, he was in full pads. And I think I don't know during the game was he in street clothes or was he in yeah, uniform? He, he, he came out in street clothes. He did come out in street yeah. clothes. Well, he put on a show. He put on an early show, <laughs> and then he put the full pads on. He put on a show. It, it made the UCLA folks certainly think for a bit, like, "Wow, maybe he is going to be able to go. Maybe this is the week he's going to be cleared." So, uh, if if Nate plays that game, they can't win in Corvallis. He's got to play much much better. But then again, you also saw the experience of the third longest tenured head coach in college football say, I'm not here for stats. I'm not here to pretty it up. Even if my home fans will, will boo the product and we won't look good and we'll run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt. I know what it takes to win and they're not going to score multiple touchdowns on me in the way my defense is playing against this freshman. So, you know, I think the game will dictate how Kyle will call it and how he will manage it. But yes, Nate, Nate's got to play better than he did, certainly Saturday, this Friday in a hostile Corvallis as well. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see that game. It's great defenses, good offensive lines. Uh, quarterbacks What's the line on, on it now? What is it? What is it? What, what, what are we looking at right now? Oregon State, two and a half, which is about right. That does feel you know, right. Yeah, I don't want to doubt Kyle Whittingham because that defense is going to travel. Uh, I don't think the moment will be too big for them. Maybe it is for Nate Johnson. Is there zero chance Cam Rising's playing this Friday, though? Oh, no. They, yeah. It is a it truly is a week-to-week. Brent Keithy is also a very big deal. Cam gets the headlines, but Brent Keithy is an All-American caliber tight end. And uh, the other tight ends are nowhere near that level. They've been so good um, at that position group here for a bunch of years that you're like, oh, 
Yeah, I don't even know if we hear about Dalton and Kincaid if he doesn't go down last year. That's right. I mean, Brent Keithy is a stud, and he is, unlike Cam, who tore it in January, Keithy tore it about one year ago, almost to the day in late September. So they need him. They need Vele to come all the way back. We'll see about the running back. That was a significant – I don't know if they're talking about him in the lower leg extremity as well. And and, and so they are just – yeah, they are are hit with an injury bug that is nasty and bitten as violently as – any injury bug that Kyle's ever seen, frankly, that I've ever seen in the month of September. And you stack all that up, that line starts to make some sense for the Beavers. There is a assistant coach that is on a major hot seat right now, and the team's undefeated. It's in the top five, and that is Alex Grinch at USC. And for whatever reason, watching them in the Pac-12 championship game last year and against Tulane, it seemed like defenders were in position to make the tackles. They just couldn't make the tackles. It happened against Saturday night in Tempe. Look, they can get to the quarterback. Um, I mean, USC right now has got 16 sacks. I think they're third nationally in that category. And now you're going against a Colorado line that is awful, that's given up 26 sacks, the most in college football. But USC, 10 penalties. The defense didn't tackle well. Let me start with asking you this question. Is it Alex Grinch's fault if his team can't tackle? Yeah, that's why I questioned you said he's on the hot seat. Are, are you sure he's on the hot seat? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean Lincoln like has one... been as Lincoln has been as loyal to him as anybody he's ever had. I mean, and he, he's a good coach. Yes, he, he knows his X's and O's. And to your point, it's not as if you see just breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. One of my old teammates who works over there at the Pac-12 Network, a guy named Nigel Burton, in the opener, I thought said this pretty well. He said, you know, the one thing I'd like Alex to do is just simplify. You know, you got a lot of new pieces. You got some transfers. You got new linebackers, some new D linemen. Just simplify. Just trust your team's speed. Trust your athleticism. Do what Jim Knowles, frankly, is doing in at Ohio State and Columbus, saying, "Gosh, I don't need all this scheme." You know, sometimes just let me, you know, call it, let guys play and react and play faster. But that's not necessarily Alex's DNA. It's never been his DNA. He wants to have scheme. He wants to, to, to outcall that opponent. He wants to do what Morgan Scally does seemingly every week at Utah. And that's that's blow up that that uh, you know offensive scheme by out scheming them. So I, I'm with you, other than he's not a, to me on the hot seat because Lincoln has shown nothing but loyalty to him. But do his guys play fast enough? When I see guys miss that many tackles in the open field, to your point, when I see them there but not finishing, to me, my analyst mind goes, yeah, you're just, you got, you're too clouded, right? You're just, you've got too much going through your head. You're just not simplifying see ball, hit ball, finish tackle, that there's other stuff going on. So, uh, and Colorado will make you do that. Sean Lewis at home and and his scheme, they're going to go up and down the field. I don't have any question that Shadour Sanders and some of their team speed and playing at home is going to move the ball 20 to 20. Do they get sacked? Do they get the ball taken away? That will be the difference in how close that game is in Boulder. You mentioned Jim Knowles and their defense shut down Notre Dame. I mean, it was a, it wasn't the, if you like offensive football, you didn't love the game, but it, a lot of drama came down to that final play. And as, as a former player, how upset are you with your coaching staff that you've only got 10 on the field in that situation? Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty disappointed because there's a bunch of channels there. There's people up in the booth. Right. Programs of this level, it's like the NFL. You got coaches upon coaches and eyes upon eyes. You don't have, you know, nine assistants. You don't have four volunteer dad coaches like Titus is my son, Titus's eighth grade team. Like you got a lot of personnel, a lot of resources, a lot of eyes on it. So the channel and the chain of command 
you know, to, to miss it from upstairs, to, to miss it on the sidelines, to miss it with whomever is in charge of personnel on the sidelines, to make sure this group is on the field, you know, for Marcus Freeman to not look out there and be able to see that as a former D coordinator for the linebackers, for goodness sake, you know, sitting right behind there, like where, where's the beef, you know, old Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? Where is it? Where is it? You know, call timeout. Just make sure you've got that personnel on the field. That is a failure at a bunch of levels there. That's very, very hard to swallow. Yeah, I can't believe and Marcus Freeman said, hey, we were out of timeouts. I couldn't take the penalty. Why not? It's just a foot. Like, do you give up uh, 10 players on 11? Yes. Or do you give up that foot? I mean, it that's just right. didn't make any sense to me. No. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a moment speeding up. That's an awfully big moment, as you said, an unbelievable drama, a script that I, I as I've gotten older, tend to appreciate. I kind of like some of the defense we're seeing. We're seeing teams like Utah play great defense, Ohio State play great defense. I got Michigan this week. They're giving up less than six points a game. That, that will change in conference play, but they're playing great team defense. I, I wouldn't mind at all if we see the pendulum swing, as we always do, and the cyclical nature of this game. You give me some defense instead of these – you know, 50 to 40, 48, 45, just, you know, basketball on grass. I'm, I'm kind of glad we're seeing some spit and some blood and some sweat and some defense being played around the country. Hey, look, we knew Ohio State was going to have a good defense just because of the caliber of player. But Mike Elko, what he's done at Duke, and now Notre awesome. Dame has to go from that emotional high where everybody was on that campus all week. They were getting hyped up. They had that game in hand and they lose it on the last play to now you got to go to Durham where college game day is for the first time ever. Yep. And people don't realize, and I've brought this up a couple of times. Like I said, back in the summer, we were talking about games to watch out for. And I said, Duke's going to beat Notre Dame at home. Now, whether or not that happens, we'll see, but people don't realize Duke was nine and four last year. The four losses by one possession, three of those by three or less points. Riley Leonard's only got two passing touchdowns. They're four and oh, but the defense has only given up 8.8 .8 points per game. That's yeah, a legitimate team. Well, yeah, what, what's the over-under on that one? I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to take probably Probably 46, yeah, mid-40s. I, I, I think I told you last week at Salt Lake, take that under. I, just, you could just feel those things brewing. Everything that you just said right there, more than likely. Elko, listen, Elko has been doing this a long time. I had him 10, 12 years ago at Wake Forest. I was like, man, this guy can flat-out coach. I mean, to take the personnel that he's working with there from a height, weight, size, strength, speed, dynamic standpoint and do what he's doing against Clemson and Florida State and other teams, Virginia has so much more speed. That man could coach. He goes to A&M. He's on staff down there with my little brother. And I get more of the intel of like, this guy can really coach. And, you know, just kind of waited um, for the right opportunity and got that opportunity. And, you know, Cut Cutcliffe was so good offensively, and Jim Knowles was with them there at, at Duke, and they won a lot, you know, a bunch more games than their predecessors did, and they did it by being great X's and O's guys, knowing that chessboard and knowing how to put them in position for success. Elko does that defensively. You got a running quarterback. You're probably going to shorten that game a little bit, and yeah, that's going to be. I, I'd be shocked if that one swings too far one way or another that one feels buckle up notre dame fans that one feels like it's going to be finished in the final five minutes as well yeah as we sit here and we talk on unlocked i think it's become official that mel tucker is out at michigan state that's been going on the last few weeks with that said i mean obviously it's big 10 um it's a team that's played in a college football playoff uh they can pay you a lot of money if mike yeah. elko was offered that job does he take it yeah, I think the the compelling um, piece of evidence you said right there at the jump, right the Big Ten, the Big Ten, you get you get a, a chance with a level playing field. You know, does Mike Elko feel now with a couple of years under his belt as a head coach that enough time on task learned? Okay, I can bring this kind of staff. I can compete and recruit in this kind of way there. 
And does he have enough kind of that experience to go, yeah, that this will be the right next step for me? Uh, because uh, assuredly, if he wants to, you know, get to playoffs and win national championships, it's going to be very, very hard to do at Duke. <laughs> you, you, know, get I, big, you get to the Big Ten, you get those money, those monies, those resources, the chance to recruit and develop and coach the way that you can coach. You've got a, a chance to get into a 12-team playoff. You know, in the Pac-12, as good as the, the league is in its final season that we've talked about, five undefeateds, the conference that leads the, uh, the the top 25 and undefeated teams is the ACC with six right now. Where do you put Duke in that pecking order? I mean, Clemson played their asses off, but they end up losing on a missed 29-yard field goal in overtime. Great grab by Keon Coleman. Yep. Um, but they gave everything. And I, 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 you know, I don't know how much more Clemson has. They're already 0-2 in the ACC. I would assume you've got Florida State at the top. I like yeah. this Miami team. I like the Duke team, but the ACC is deep. I it mean, is. If you went one through three right now in the ACC. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, because of the caliber of wins and just the grit and the athleticism and the NFL dudes down in Tallahassee, you're probably putting them one. This is, and I think I've said this to you, Lance, a few different times, um, be it with Sark or with Mario Cristobal. Like, I need to see an emotional maturity um, from a leadership in the whole team, right? I, I need to see that over 12 weeks. Can, can, can you sustain in that way from the very top down uh, with everybody in the organization and lead that organization in that way? Um, so I, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably put Florida State one. Gosh, I like the way Miami is playing, right? That, that A&M win at the time, you're like, well, maybe fire Jimbo, fire everybody, and A&M's bad. And then you're reminded, no, they're really not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't a fluke, I don't think. Watching no. Miami down 10 nope. points in that game, their speed is crazy. Nope. They, they are. They are. And uh, they, you know, the one challenge for them is just a, just a home environment. You know, that Orange Bowl was such a – man, it was – and I know it wasn't riding Coral Gables, but it was not Pro Player Stadium as far away as this one is on a train. And it, it, it had just kind of <laughs> – everything with the swag and everything. It was all about the U, right? I mean, that thing was just a – gosh, it was such a home field advantage. That's the that's the hard part. That's the one element when you play off campus, as far as they do away from, from their epicenter – it makes it hard, but yeah. If I if I got to handicap those, I'd probably go gold, Florida State, um, silver to Miami, and then I I've got to put Duke on the on the medal stand as well. Fox is Brock Hewitt. It's unlocked. It is brought to you by Lance'sLock.com. Jump on board with us again. Another big winning weekend. Fifteen units up from the weekend. You can go to Lance'sLock.com. We've got daily packages, weekly, monthly, annual packages. Jump on board. We will win for you at Lance'sLock.com. So in all the levels of football you've played. Have you ever been in a game where either you guys scored 70 or 70 was laid on you? Hmm. Not college or professionally. No, no. Don't know if we'll ever see that again professionally. <laughs> I mean, my God, I, I, oh. I cannot believe. I mean, 70 points is insane. And Miami, they bring Mike White in. I mean, they tried to call off the dogs. And, I mean, they just they couldn't stop scoring. And it is a complete disaster right now in Denver. Yes. We talked about this last week. You talked about how that market is just – they love their Denver Broncos. Uh, the credentialed media is yep. is more for Denver yep. than any other NFL market out there. Where is everybody right now on Sean Payton? I rate – yeah, I mean, I rated the whole thing. I rated ownership. I rated the head coach. I rated everybody. I mean, this is this has been and was such a proud organization. Mark Schlereth, a good buddy of mine, uh, lives in Denver and does a morning radio show. And you can just feel from those old Broncos, the Terrell Davises. And, and Denver's also market a little bit, Lance, like Atlanta or uh, somewhat in Dallas. But I, I'd say Atlanta and Denver from my life experience where a lot of the former players 
stay there. They don't want to leave. Like it is, it's a good place to call home. It's got good schools, it's got good weather. It's got good environment. It's, you know, they, there's a, they take care of, of, of some of their own in, in that way. And there's a lot of pride and Schlereth has so much pride and they've been in one Super Bowls, went to many Super Bowls, won a couple Super Bowls at the end of John's tenure in Elway. And to, to see where they've fallen since 2016, I mean, the numbers are staggering. The number of quarterbacks, the number of coaches, the number of coordinators, now a couple different owners. I get just, it's been a total, a total mess. Now, it, I mean, having said all that, they do get Chicago in the Jets. So okay. I know, I if, saw if, that. If there is going to be a chance, if there is going to be any light at the end of the tunnel, if we know the way this NFL works, you can look as bad as that one week and you can turn it around the next week. So somebody, either Chicago or Denver, is going to have a season ender on Sunday more than likely. I just don't know what happened. The defense was good last year. You know, there was a number that if they would have scored like 18-plus, uh, they would have started out the season like 8-2. and two. I forgot exactly what it was, but the defense yes. was really good. Yes. The offense was bad. Now it's all bad. And what if, what they've given up to get Russell Wilson, hoping it would go the route of Tom Brady or the route of Matthew Stafford, it hadn't worked out. And so you wonder the next two or three years how behind the eight ball is the entire organization. Well, there's a couple details on that. Number one, Russell, if you just looked at the raw numbers – uh, his numbers are almost exactly the same as Patrick Mahomes through three games. So that's where figures don't lie, liars figure, right? You could spin those numbers and look at them that way. But the reality is just his elevating everyone around him. What he did in front of my eyes in Seattle for so many years, the wizard getting out of plays, right? Just the magician to extend plays. That's no longer there. Um, so he could still throw the deep ball and his deep ball is as good as anybody in the game, but having the run game and the protection and the style of, of game to be able to do that consistently has not been there. And they're going to have to make a decision, Lance. The way this deal is structured is in March when the new league year, a week before the new league year begins, they've got to make a decision on him, not just for 2024, <laughs> but the way that he and his agent wrote it is it's a yep. two year guaranteed commitment. So this is a good QB draft, uh, depending on how off the rails this thing really does become. You are talking, and even by the way, if you don't make that commitment and you move on, as you said, the amount of dead cap money is extraordinary for some years to come. So yeah, not a real bright, shiny outlook in the old Rocky Mountains. Uh, any given Sunday, anyone can win. You played in the league. The Dallas Cowboys, though, they looked at least – it was against New York and New York, Giants and Jets, but a lot of people said, hey, look, this is the best team in the league. They roll in to play a Joshua Dobbs-led Arizona Cardinal team that I thought was going to tank yep. for Caleb Williams. Um, but how does this happen in this league where – like, I was so wrong. I had the Bears on, on Sunday. I hate to admit that. And they get completely walked off the field in Kansas City, and we'll get to yep. a uh, Kansas City aspect here in how a little bit. How could you have done that, Lance? Call I'm me. So stupid. Call I know, me before something to. like that. Some of them I can't help you with, and you're a genius well, you, and you're doing what, well. But what would you have said on Dallas minus 11 and a half in the desert against Arizona? I mean, first of all, what would you have said and how does this happen? Is it getting complacent in a locker room and saying, dude, Josh Dobbs is starting a quarterback? We go through the motions, we win this game going away. Well, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the first one. Okay. Chicago was not going into Kansas City. That was ludicrous. I don't know what counsel you got on that. Uh, was that Dunaway? It's probably somebody, one of your buddies. It was 12 and a half points. I thought they would keep it close. I thought okay. Justin Fields had something to prove. Desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't buying that one. 11 and a half. I probably would have taken Arizona at 11 and a half. And I'll tell you why. Because Dallas lost their dude on the back end in practice. Yeah. 
And that hurts. That stings. Yeah, next man up. Oh, we'll wash it away. College football, you got 90 guys. Utah can weather some of it, right? You got walk-ons, good walk-ons. I got 100 guys. Next man up, you got next man up. They're getting pretty lean after next man and next man and next man and next man. But the way the NFL works, man, you lose one of your dudes and you lose Diggs, who is just such a, if it's if it's a two-headed monster, right? If it's Micah on the front and was Trayvon on the back, those two work like peanut butter and jelly. And it was a, it was just, oh, this is a, a tough meal to deal with. Well, you take one of them away and in practice, no less, th- th- those things emotionally can sting. And I'm not going to say it's going to derail the season, but I'm also going to not say it didn't play a role in maybe some of where they were going into that game. And in Arizona, they could pick on that a little bit and, and all of a sudden put the pressure on the opponent. And all of a sudden, hey, we're not just hanging around. And remember, Arizona, the first two weeks, first halves, played great ball. I mean, what were they up? 28 nothing on the freaking Giants at one point. So you know, they'd, yeah, shown, they'd shown that they could do some things. They just couldn't finish. And Dallas just, unfortunately, I don't know why you also don't kick a field goal there late. Like, come on, like, kick a field goal earlier. Like, get points on the board down there. Keep, keep, you know, all the pressures on you. At least take and soften a little bit and try to put the pressure back on Arizona. They, they didn't. They didn't get the fourth down. And yeah, so uh, yeah, welcome to the NFL. It's Fox's Brock Hewitt here on Unlock Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. It's brought to you by my bookie. Make sure you put in that promo code next round, 110% back from our friends at mybookie.ag. Three undefeated teams in the NFL. You've got uh, one in the Miami Dolphins that just laid 70 on Denver. You've got San Francisco. You've got Philadelphia that looked like Philadelphia from last year. Finally, yep. even with yep. Jalen Hurts playing with the flu. Um, to me, there's three undefeated. I think those are the three best teams in the NFL. Would you agree? Right now, yes. Yeah, we will turn the calendar to October on Sunday. I guess we play Thursday night, so we can't quite turn that calendar. But, uh, yeah, th- those three. San Francisco has done it at home. They've done it on the road. They've taken their opponents apart. As you said, Philadelphia finally played kind of the uh, the, the four quarters that, that we saw a lot of last year where they imposed their will on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, those two, I think, pretty much head and shoulders above others in the NFC. And yeah, Miami is fun. Right, for everything I said about, you know, the college game, it's nice to see a level of defense. I would say inversely in the NFL, isn't this fun? I mean, Do it's you, fun to see just track star after track star after track star after track star with a with a Tua facilitating and slinging it all over the place and an RPO game with a with a coach wearing joggers and vaping on the sideline. Like there is a there's just a fun factor to the Dolphins. That's what I was going to get to Mike McDaniel. I mean, the dude is a complete nerd, but he yes. looks like a uh, he looks like a gangster out there <laughs> yes. with his Armani shades and he just he. He calls he a wicked game. He, he does. He does. He, he fits, fits Miami perfectly. You know, they that's just, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say 70 points without Jalen Waddle. Yeah. They said this and, and, and it still rings true. I think you and I, before the season began and, and we'll play them all back, maybe at the end of the year and look at some of our predictions, you and I both like Baltimore a lot. Um, I would say there's still a learning curve. They're climbing with their new offensive coordinator and Lamar and learning what, what works and what doesn't work. But for so many years, I would see scouts with the Ravens because Ozzie Newsom just nailed it, right, Lance? Year after year. How do they do this? How do they draft? How, how does Ozzie do it? And I remember seeing one of their scouts one time, and he said, you know what? We call it just the Raven way. Like when we go on the road and we scout and we're on campuses and we watch these games, like that's a Raven. That dude's a Raven. Like that guy's a Raven. We have such a clear identity of who we are and what we are that we can identify those employees because, yep, that's a Raven. Or you know what? That's not one of us. That doesn't fit. And right now, and I know it's early, but the playoff run last year and everything that you said about Mike McDaniel and the style and the flash, like 
you know, they're kind of building a little South Florida. Like this is, this is what we are. You know, the, you did it for decades, right? They, they did it down there and he's kind of building a, yeah, man, we got swag and, and we're going to run by you and we're going to attack you. And we're going to just draft the, the, the fastest dudes we can. And we're going to play at a speed and at a level. And you're going to have to come into to our house in September or October in the humidity. And you're going to have to try to keep up with us. And that's real. Like Denver, yeah. you know, I live here. It's it's beautiful. There's there's no humidity, though. You go down there in a track meet, and you're trying to run and run and run. You know what it reminds me of, Lance? Remember old Nolan Richardson's 40 minutes of hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to you go sweat down in that Arkansas humidity? You want to run with us? And that's almost what they're saying. Like, hey, man. You want to come play with us? You want to run with us in this heat humidity? Now, the answer, and you know and I know, it's not September, October. <laughs> you may march up a bunch of wins. What happens when you got to go run that track race, you know, up in Buffalo or, or up in Boston or up in New York in November and December, you know? Are, <laughs> are you going to wear those old 80s leg socks? You know, it's going to be it's going to be a little warm or a little cold. You're going to have to bundle up a little bit for, uh, for what's to come. So that's what, uh, th that's a hurdle that they're going to have to overcome for sure. Yeah. Look, and I know the weather won't be that bad this weekend, but we'll get a little precursor with Miami going to Buffalo right now, Buffalo, yep. actually a two and a half point favorite in that game. You know, even with the 70 points Brock scored last weekend, that wasn't the story sadly, or as ridiculous as it sounds, the story was in a, a suite in Arrowhead and it was Taylor Swift. And we heard these rumblings that Travis Kelsey had kind of floated it out there. She shows up at the game. I don't – the more I think about this, I think it is manufactured. I don't think this thing is real. I think the NFL – because I, I read today there was an article out that, that numbers of women like 11 to 18 were up like 18% or something. It's like the NFL has somehow put this thing together. Let's bring T-Swift in. We're going to bring in another demographic – and the numbers are going to continue to go up. Travis Kelsey's jersey, you saw it, plus 400% on the sales. Am I right or am I wrong? Is this a scam? I'm trying to check out your hat right now. Did you did you put on the tinfoil? What what, 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 what what did you just do for the last minute? What was that? Is that a conspiracy? What? Yeah, you think this is bit. it? Lance, do you not know love? I mean, do you, uh, do you I, not I don't know? I, I don't know if I believe in true love, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a true soulmate out there for somebody. Oh, I that's think, sad, Lance. That's I, so sad. I think you could go continent to continent and probably find 100, 200 soulmates for you. <laughs> so, yes, this could be my conspiracy theory. Uh, uh, I don't – they've got odds on this. Travis Kelsey, and they're favored to still be dating when they kick off 2024. First of all, she's got a track record of going through dudes like this. Uh -huh. um, I just – I don't see it. Yes. Okay, so there really is a bet. You could really – there's a, some yeah. bet out there you could make of whether or not – they will still be dating week one of 2024. Week one of 2024. And they won't minus be dating week one of 2024. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be dating Christmas. I mean, look, and I think Taylor Swift is, look, I don't think she's attractive. She's cute. She's put together well. Money helps out with that. Um, I took my kids to see her a couple of years ago in Atlanta. She puts on a hell of a show, three hours. She gets after it. But I think she's out of his league, man. I know he's a 6'5", maybe the greatest tight end in the history of the game. But she's out of his league. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, just a meathead from Ohio. Ohio against the world, as Ryan Day said. And I guess we could yeah. throw Kelsey. I know he was a Bearcat, but Ohio against the world. Lance against love. Not believing in Taylor and Kelsey. And I'm kind of with you. I don't think yeah. it's sustainable. But uh, can we just say the NFL wins? I mean, uh -huh. the NFL wins. It's whether it's his model. jersey sales, whether it's the ratings, as you said, it's a populace. I know when I kicked over in 2020, okay? They didn't tell me. There's nothing scripted. There's none of that nonsense. 
But when I kicked over from college football during the whole COVID nonsense in 2020, and I did those games, it was very clear to me, Lance, like, we're not about like hard fast. We don't need you having a hard fast opinion. We don't need your declarative statements. It's not about you. It is about the brand and how big and how far and wide can we cast this net to bring in all the fans we can. And Mrs. Swift and all of her Swifties is, well, Miss Swift, not Mrs., uh, is doing all of that and more because, as you said, the populace has just grown. Okay, look, I know the money is too big, and I've heard about, oh, this guy, you know, they're worried about the integrity of the game. He's going to throw a game. Dude's making $35 million. There's no way he's going to throw a game. But I will say, watching Monday night and my Rams against the Bengals, um, I just, the calls were so questionable. And, you know, as a fan, you you only get 17 of these games that you Uh sit back and watch, and one game is massive. And the 2-2 out, well, the first touchdown, I mean, that was the difference of the game, four points. And not only that, the Logan Wilson interception that that you could see the ball move, they didn't overturn that. Just seemed like some really questionable calls. Again, I'm not going to call in a conspiracy theory here, but that was a tough loss for the Rams. It was with a hobbled burrow that you could tell was playing at what? 40%? You, yeah, you think four, seventy with the uh, the arm. Okay, yeah, he couldn't move out of the pocket he all. Could but not move, boy. Once Jamar Chase, him and the, yes. him and Jamar got in rhythm. It was it was yeah. Over. The brain Rams and arm, the brain and arm were still a hundred. The rest of it looked like Marino at about forty, right? Yeah, uh, fair. I, I, I remember visiting my brother down in Miami, speaking to South Beach when he was backing up Marino, and it was so cool. I went in the locker room. And I'm in college. I'm like, this is great. Look at. I remember looking at Dan Marino's shoe, and it looked like a WWF boot. First of all, like it went. Like up to my knee, it had like a spring in it because he had no Achilles, right? He torn his Achilles. One of his calves is like gone. So this thing's like spring loaded on one side to give him any any juice. And what did Danny still do, man? He could still sit oh. back there and sling it. He'd sling it. Burrow Was he a nice guy when you met him? Oh, Dan's great. Yeah, he and Damon have a tremendous wine um, called Passing Time. They've, they've built a uh, an awesome winery, a top hundred cab in the world. Danny's oh, uh, dude, I'm a huge cab guy. I mean, where can I get it? Can wow. I get it at local wine and spirit shops? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you right now. I don't know how we haven't gotten to this before. Dude, um, I, I, I've said this before. So I probably indulge a little too much. Okay. I mean, our title you sponsor. Ian Fitzsimmons, is that back to your Bama days? Yeah, Ian doesn't day? really do it as much anymore. I mean, he does a little. He'll dabble in it, but I still uh-huh. get after it pretty good. But I mean, our, our title sponsors are, you know, um, uh, AB, so uh, uh-huh. Bud Light, yep. uh, Redmont Vodka, Dobell Tequila. But I've said this before, as much as I love my cold beer, my IPAs, I love my bourbons. My, if I could only have one alcohol moving forward, it is red wine and specifically a good cab. Well, if you like a big cab, that was his goal. And it was pretty neat to watch this. It's kind of fun today. We talked a lot of football, but now we're getting uh, to love and wine. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when Damon was playing with, with the Dolphins, it was Dan that said to him, like, what are you doing? You know, you're drinking rum and Coke. Like, what are you, 12? And uh, he's like, you've got the greatest, some of the greatest wine in the world is grown where you were born, Damon was born in Yakima, Washington, on the eastern part of the state, on the eastern slope. And there is a, it's Will called Red, Yeah, it's called no. Well, Lamet's a little south. That's down okay. in uh, a little more in Oregon. It's called Red Mountain in the Red Mountain Appalachian. And some of the best wines. There's a, oh, the winery's escaping me. But they are a hundred point cab. They are ridiculous. Colcita Creek. Colcita. If you look up Colcita Creek, a hundred point cab, time and time again, big time. And um, so Dan was like. You know, A turned Damon onto it, and then B over the years they, you know, were like, man, what if one day, what if one day, and then they got two other partners, and Damon spent years, Lance, years studying the business because you know what he didn't want to be, 
one of those jokers that loses everything. And he didn't have Dan Marino's money you know, to play <laughs> yeah, with. So it. it's like, I'm not losing it. And he worked and he worked and he cultivated relationships and they got the best farmer and they grew in the best part of the mountain and they put together the best winemaker and they bought the best barrels and he middle managed it all. And they got a top hundred cab in the world uh, over there at passing time. So I will, yeah, I will have a big brother shoot you if you now are you a little fruitier they've got three appellations i sound like a passing time marketer oh, i like um, this i like this. do you like the heavy like do you want the like robust the okay. yeah i like uh, i like the robust i mean that right. that's the way i roll so you know I, I and i don't do this night in and night out i'm a 30 dollar a bottle guy yeah but like every now and then once a month or once every couple of months i'll get a bottle of camus or silver oak and that's yep. a good and, and I try to tell people, and I don't know what the price point on this is. What is what's the price point on you guys? Oh, that's a good question. I think there are, that those are going to be probably up over 100 bucks now. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But there is such a difference between a $30 bottle of wine yes. and a $100 bottle of wine. Yes. And and, and <laughs> if you've got it, I say spend it. I mean, that's yep. that's the way I am. But I would love to try this. Oh, and you'll love the bottle, man. It's really, really cool. And they put the little laces on the top. Uh, you know, it's nice. It, yeah, it's done. It's This was... This was done as like a passion project early. Like, yeah, hey, but your brother's one of those perfectionists. Didn't yes, he? and so yeah. is, and so are the partners. And it was yeah, like, that's hey, good. Let's, let's just not lose anything in, in the wine business. And you can ask a lot of them that tried it. It's not an easy business. Unbelievably competitive. Everybody and their mother think they can do it. And then you get into it, and all of a sudden, it's turned from hey, this was kind of a fun, maybe little family heirloom to wow, like this is taken off. So I will. Uh, I will put you in touch or I will get a bottle sent to you and passing time. You'll, you'll get a kick out of the whole deal. It's done really, really well. You can go to their website too. Um, it's pretty neat to see Dan and Damon tell their story of how it all came together. So is that uh, passingtime.com? Passingtime.com, man. Passingtime.com. Are you a wine guy at all? Uh, mildly. I have very few talents, Lance. I'm colorblind. I'm tone deaf. I've got little sense of smell. I've got a very weak palate. So yeah, other than trying to fool people like you for an hour talking, um, that's about all I can do now. Yeah, I'm going to let you roll because I know you're busy, but are you really colorblind? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, so how did that work reading defense? Well, there's always a white jersey and a dark jersey now. When they did the whole ridiculous, what color, what do they call that? With the uh, On some of those Sunday nights or Monday nights where one time. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the color flash. There you go, whatever it was. That. Color that, rush. Color rush. That <laughs> would have been a rush of problems. Because I watch that, and in particular, for and we've got colorblind people, I'm sure they're listening right now, going, "Oh yeah, that's me. I can't tell like green and blue or blue and purple like those." It was the Bills and the Jets. I want to say green and blue, and the whole colorblind society rose up and said, "No more, no more color rush. We can't see it. It's not right." Was that us. the reason they actually got <laughs> no. rid of the color? <laughs> no. I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, I love when USC and UCLA play for yes. the Victory Bell, and yeah. they both wear the darks. I mean, yeah. would that have been a problem? No, that's still a bit distinct enough. You know, okay. there really usually is enough contrast. Now, could I have used an excuse, Coach? I'm sorry, I'm colorblind. I mean, I thought I saw, I thought I saw this color. You know, what do you want me to do? It's a, it's a disability, a handicap of mine. They also, by the way, now have colorblind glasses. So if I promoted passing time today, <laughs> next week on Unlocked, I will promote. The colorblind sunglasses that are a game changer, but we okay, can't, we can't do more than more than yeah, more that, than one. that's fine because we got to talk about uh, we got bookie.com for crying out yeah, out. yeah, mybookie.ag yes. and lanceslock.com. Right. So, final thing I'll ask you so, did it matter what color car you had, or were you like, I don't care, I just want this kind of car? <laughs> uh, no, the wife has a say in that, yeah, okay, the wife okay. would have a say. Like, could I go to the lot and they convince me? No, you'd really like this really 
dark brown. It's beautiful, and it's just some horrendous green. Yeah, they probably could have sold me if I didn't have my wonderful bride of 25 years. Okay, where are you heading this weekend? I got a fun one, man. Nebraska, one of my favorite places. Uh, I've in, never been to Lincoln, man. I've heard it's just, I mean, go. the fans are the best, right? You got to go. It is. It is just, honestly, it's if we did the top three in the ACC, there's no way if I rank the top three places to do a game, then Nebraska is not on that list. And this isn't even like the 90s when they're national champs. This is through some tougher years and everything, but, you know, it's 97,000. Lance, they all stay. It's one place that we don't really drive to the game. It's about a mile walk. So I make sure I pack my suit and I got my, it's going to be like 90 degrees and windy. It's going to be so weird and is, weirdly is hot. Gus yes. Jim starting for Nebraska this weekend. Oh, Gus Johnson sure hopes not. Um, yeah. I, uh, let's see, Lincoln. Yeah, bro. It's going to be 93 degrees. Oh my windy. God. I've been bitching and complaining. I'm going to my first game this of the year. I'm going uh, Georgia Auburn this weekend. It's going to be 85 down there. Yeah, that's how I was like. Why can't we have it like in the low yeah. 70s? I'm ready for yeah. college ready football. For those 70s. Yeah, weather. Yeah, you yeah, gotta get to, get to Nebraska. Do it in your okay. life because you you stay at all the hotels. It's kind of the sea of red. You just all walk in. Tens of thousands of people. It's ninety seven thousand. Unlike some of these that come in late or got to fill in. Like nope. There's 90,000, you know, watching warmups. I mean, they are in. And with Michigan, the number two team coming uh, into town, and they don't blow people away, right? They they are one of the fewest plays. Their defense is third in the country with fewest plays allowed. They average about nine possessions a game. So this is not going to be 70 to 20. I sure hope not in any world. Um, I think this will be a little more competitive, and it's a great, great environment. And Nebraska, while woeful on offense, they're stingy on defense, man. They play some good, hard, I told complicated you, defense. I told you last question. I'll get you out of here. But we're both going to see potential train wrecks. Georgia's defense against Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford. Yep. And you're going to see Michigan's defense against yes. Jeff Sims. Yeah. Yeah, it could be long three hours. We'll see. Maybe Mr. Harburg will get out there and run the option. We'll see. Or maybe Sims just flat out runs it every time. Just run it. If he, if he just runs it 25 times and throws it five – I think they've got probably a better chance. Yeah, we'll see if he survives that. Okay, it's Unlocked with uh, Fox's Brock Heward. Making sure you like and subscribe here on Disrupt the Media. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.